Welcome to The Well Podcast. We pray that this message ministers to you and blesses you as you listen. So there's going to be, I feel like, a lot packed into this little bit of time that I have to share. Um, maybe not a lot of words, but a lot of passion and desire that I have on the inside of me that God has placed inside of me. Um, and so as I was preparing for today, um, there's part of my story that I want to share. Um, but I believe that there's a little part that he wants me to share before that. So I'm going to try to connect it in some way. And if I don't, just pretend like I do, okay? Thank you. Um, so as I was preparing, I was asking the Lord what he wanted me to share this morning. Um, and I felt like he kept saying, do they know who they are? Um, I feel like that this is something pretty elementary that we learn, um, all the things that God says that we are. But do we really understand or grasp the full concept of what those things really are? Um, and what they are to us, and who we are in him. Um, He created us in his image. Originally, we were created in his image. In Genesis 127, it says, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. So if we're created in the image of God, that means those things that we believe about us, um, certain things that we believe about us are not in the image of God. Fear is not in the image of God. Depression is not in the image of God. Addiction is not in the image of God. Those things that we hear on the news that says we should be scared or that we should do certain things, that does not make us in the image of God. Our past mistakes does not make us in the image of God. But because of his redemption blood power, we are created new which creates us new and becomes back into the image of God that he's created us to be. So if we were created in the image of God, that means at some point, if we think anything less, then we believe a lie. So, and those lies are what is holding us back from walking into our full destiny that God has created us to be in. Um, So those things, because we feel inadequate, not because we feel that we are in the image of God. Those are the things that are holding us back. So um, just a couple lies, for example. Um, I feel like these are specific um, to the body this morning, so that's why I'm going to share them. Um, Some of us believe that because we said we were going to quit drinking, that because we slipped up and had another drink, that we are not in the image of God anymore. But he has redemption power by the blood, which is what we were singing about this morning. So it's so crazy because, you know, God does cool things. Um, And I believe that, um, that some of us have been hurt by leadership so that when we walk into a church, we can't be in the image of God because we're scared of what the leadership is going to look like or what, what we're going to have to do for them because of where we, our past has been. And also, some of us think that God can't speak to us or doesn't want to speak to us. He only wants to speak through other people. 
But that is not the case because we are created in his image, so he wants to speak through all of us. So I'm just going to share a couple of scriptures reminding us, these are just a few of the very many, um, of him reminding us of what he has called us to and how we are in his image. So in 2 Corinthians 5.17, it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. This means that the past doesn't define us. Every time we restate that we're going to be in the image of God, that that stuff no longer matters anymore. He creates us new. So, and then in 1 Peter 2, 9, it says, But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellences of him who called you and took you out of darkness into his marvelous light. <clears throat> and then in 1 Corinthians 3.16, it says, Do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells on the inside of you? <clears throat> and then in Romans 8.37 It says, no, in all things, we are more than conquerors. Do you know what more than conquerors means? It means the very thing that the enemy tried to use to pull you back is when you allow God to change it and allows you to tap into what you're, you're called to do and to change people in that atmosphere and change what the enemy meant for evil and to allow the Lord to change it to good. <clears throat> yes, ma'am. So then in Romans 8, 28, it says, So we are convinced that every detail of our lives is continually woven together for good, for we are his lovers who have been called to fulfill his designed purpose. So we all go through seasons, and we um, sometimes think to ourselves that God can't use us because we've been in certain situations or we've done certain things. Um, but sometimes it feels like there's no way that God is going to be able to take this circumstance and change it for good. Even when we think about it, we're like, well, if I do this or I do this, it's not going to make it good. There's no good outcome of where, of where we are. Um, but it says that he's going to turn it for good. So um, I want to share a little bit of my story this morning. Um, and I want to lay some vision about what the Lord has been speaking to me. Um, it's going to be a little bit out of order, but I want it to all tie together, so I'm going to do it in the order that I feel that I'm supposed to. So um, I don't know if you all remember, and some of you don't because you weren't here, um, but in June of 2021, um, I had this out of, for lack of a better word, out-of-body experience with the Lord. Um, I was praying, and the Lord took me above Benton Harbor, um, so as I was up there, we stopped at this house and I could see inside the house through the roof. Um, and inside the house, I saw this bedroom and in the bedroom, um, was a lady. She was sitting in the corner and she was, um, like curled up in a ball and she was very broken. Um, in the spirit, I could feel her pain. I could feel how broken she was and how hurt she was. Um, and the Lord told me that her name was Amber. So um, after that night, um, I started praying for Amber. I shared it with a few people, and we all started praying for Amber. Um, and then 
on July 26th, um, I think that these dates and the details that I'm going to give are important just to, to bring it all together. So on July 26th, I had another vision. Um, and in this vision, I saw the outside of Amber's house. Um, I just knew, you know, in the spirit, you just know things. So I knew that this was her house. Um, on the outside, it was a light brown brick. And it had three steps up to the doorway. And it only had a partial fence surrounding it. Um, and so... We kept praying for Amber and kept um, speaking about Amber and praying and praying because we knew that God had something or that he wanted to rescue her or something about her. So then again, um, on April 5th of 2022, um, I had another vision of Amber. This time she was in her room. She was in the same spot, but she had a little boy with her this time. And on the outside of her door, she had a man who was banging on the door trying to get in. Um, and this was at Praise and Presence. So um, I came up and I told Becky that I thought that we needed to pray for Amber because I felt this urgency on the inside of me. Um, so as we were praying, um, things started coming out that maybe Amber wasn't just one person, that maybe it was like an Amber alert. And there was um, the fact that there were these women and children who were lost in their own selves, who were lost in their own homes, you know, that the... the um, that maybe God was saying that we needed to, to rescue them, that maybe it was more than just one. So um, not even a month later, um, on May 3rd, we get a call at the church number. Um, and this lady's on the other side of the phone, and she says that her name is Amber. And after talking to her some, we find out that she has a son, and she's needing help. Um, because she's out of her home and trying to s find a place to stay. Um, so we asked her how she found out about the well. She said that she put it in Google search, and it was the first one to pop up. Um, she just put in, like, churches that help with something. Um, she said that she f it was the first one, and then she scrolled, and she found it three more times. But just to make a statement, we searched it, and you cannot find the well, just for the record. So three times she found it. So she picked our um, phone number and called us. Um, so then Becky comes back into the sanctuary, and she's like, you're never going to guess who just called me. Um, and so then she tells me that Amber calls her and that she wants us to meet with her and pick her up the next day. Um, and so, you know, sometimes we feel inadequate. So we're like, you know, well, maybe this isn't the actual Amber. You know, this isn't... Can't be her, right? But we decided that we were just going to take the shot just in case it was. Um, so the next day, we go to pick her up. Um, and we're taking her to a job interview. And on the way there, we're early, so we stop in this parking lot, empty place building. Um, and I have a moment to share with her about the vision that I had um, because we didn't want to miss the opportunity that God had given us. Um, and I will tell you, as I shared with her in that moment, I've never seen the scales fall off of somebody's eyes like that. She, the way that I showed her the picture of her room, she said was the exact layout of her room. That her name was Amber, and that she had a son, and that she had been in a domestic violence situation. And as we got to know her a little bit more um, over the next few weeks, 
um, we found out that, she, that one of her life goals was to make a home for women who had been in domestic abuse situations. Um, that this is what she wanted to do after she graduated college. Um, and so if we fast forward a little bit, um, you know, Amber's coming to the church sometimes and we're still in contact with her. Um, we're still praying about what Amber means because we know that it's more than just one person at this point, even though we had just met the Amber. Um, so I feel like God started speaking to us um, about this house. It's called the Amber Initiative. Nate, will you put up that picture, please? So this is what I believe God told me that the logo looks like for the Amber Initiative. Um, so I'm going to explain to you a little bit about what those things mean. So the name Amber means fierce, and the color Amber means glory, honor, and royalty. And if you look around at that circle, um, we believe it looks like a crown. <coughs> An initiative means um, the opportunity to act or take charge. Or the next one is, um, or the strategy intended to resolve or improve a situation. So um, I believe that the Amber Initiative is, thank you, is a house for women, leave, women and children who are leaving domestic abuse situations. Um, so this is where we tie in part of my story. Um, so this is where God took my mess and turns it into good. So the vision that God has given to me is to have a house that would be called a transitional house to where women can come in with their kids and they can learn life skills that they didn't learn because typically in those types of situations, the men has control. He doesn't allow them to do things and doesn't, um, you know, let them have friends or do things like that. Um, and so we would teach them to do the life skills. And one of the main things that I heard the Lord say is that we would teach them to be loved because they've forgotten. Um, and so in this home, they would come in and they would have the opportunity to, to live a stable life, to be able to learn how to, you know, do job interviews or to learn how to, to cook or whatever they don't know how to do so that once they leave this home, they can transition into life independently and with um, knowing who they are in the Father and what he said about them. Um, so I believe that my life is sewn into this home um, because I know... I know what it's like for these women to feel like for them to be told that they're they feel worthless that um I know what it's like when this when you know they're told that what they have to say doesn't matter. I know what it's like to go home and not want to be there. I know what it's like to for a man to take control of me and do things to me that I don't want him to do. And I know what it's like to try to leave a situation but not know where you're going to be able to go.
I know what it's like to not leave because you don't know where you're going to go or where you're going to take your children. But what I do know is that God has placed this on the inside of me so that I can show these women and children what it's like to be loved by the Father and to know outside of that that they are wanted, that they are... Sorry, just a second. And I know that when God speaks something, that he's going to bring it to fruition. And so this morning, I just wanted to share a little bit about the Amber Initiative and about what God has taken, what the enemy meant for bad, that God has taken and shifted and brought to my good. Did I think that my life was going to look like this? Absolutely not. Do I know that God has a plan? He absolutely does. So this morning, I just wanted to share a little bit about this vision that the Lord has given me, um, because I don't believe it's just for me. I believe that it's um, a corporate thing and also a regional thing. Um, just to give you a little bit of facts, um, that uh, in Berrien County alone, there are 50% of homeless women and children have left domestic abuse situations if every shelter was filled, there's only room for 29% of them. So, <clears throat> this is something that's really needed, um, but we don't want it to be like any of the other ones. We don't want it just to be a place for them to go. We want them to be able to come into this place to where they can have mentorships and things like that where people can be with them and to help them understand who they are. Um, the fear and the, the pain that these women have, they don't really typically know how to trust people or allow people into their lives. Um, and that would be part of what we would do because we would show them the love that God has created us to love like. Hey, Misty, would you come up here? Do you mind? Look, sometimes there's a grace on a house. You don't go looking for things. God just puts them in their place. He just puts them there. 
And, you know, uh, it would be uh, ridiculous of us to not recognize what God, what God um, is doing in our, in our house. <laughs> and so um, the reason that this has come to place right now, um, and we, not in any kind of label that God doesn't give, but we had to start recognizing that God was calling Ambers into the house. They were calling Ambers to the well, and he was calling them here so that we could love them. Do we do it right every time? We don't. But we're doing the best that we know to do. And I have seen this house love men and women, the men of the women, when it wasn't easy to love them. But I've seen this house love on those. And we want to love everyone because love changes a life. God's love changes a life. (laughs) God's love changes a life. And these are our ambers. Yes, these are our ambers. And I say that in an honor, in a place of honor. Misty walked through out of a domestic situation just a little over a year, almost a year and a half. Um, and Brittany is coming out of that too. And so why now? This is something that we've been walking through. Why now? We've been dealing with this kind of in the background, walking through it as a church. Um, But God is breathing on it. Uh, A year and a half ago, Brittany would not have seen herself walking through what she's walking through right now. When you're in those situations, sometimes you don't even know what you're in. You don't know. You think it's normal. So we believe that God wants freedom for everyone. He wants freedom for the women. He wants freedom for those men as well. And God will show us how to do that. He will show us how to do that. But we know for sure that Amber is significant. Her name means fierce. Fierce, come on, right? There's life in that. There's life there. And so a few weeks ago as we, um, as we were walking through this situation, we could see the hand of God, like all of a sudden that moment of, I have no idea what it feels like to be house scared, afraid that I wouldn't have a place to go home to, afraid that someone, a thief was going to come into my home. I don't know what that feels like. Thank God, I don't know what that feels like. But by statistics, there's a lot of people that do. They know what that feels like. And so as God just began to, and you can sit whenever you want. (laughs) You're a free woman. You can sit whenever you want. Um, But as, (laughs) you can sit too. (laughs) Just don't go anywhere. Don't leave. Lucas, would you mind just playing the piano? It's just easier with a little bit of keys behind you. It's not easy. God wants us free, people. He didn't create us to live in slavery or in bondage. He did not create us to be slaves. He created us to be free. Now, we do the things, we do the work, we do the hard things that it takes to work towards freedom. Um, and, and so that's, that has to be stated. That is a thing. We got to do the work. 
we got to do the work that's needed there. But it's just interesting how God began to breathe on it. And, uh, and it brought us to this place to where it's as if he just started moving. We had an opportunity. Seeds are already being planted. Financial seeds are already being planted and sown into it. And that's a, a miracle, really, when you go to share it and then the seed just drops right in your hand. And, and this week, this is why we had to do this this morning, because it was coming out of the box before we knew it was time for it to come out of the box. You know, God was saying, do this. And so we actually had to call an emergency meeting with our leadership yesterday just to share with them what God was speaking so that we can make sure that we're on page because we walk in unity in this house. And as we did that, some of our leadership, Ken was like, I was just watching this thing about these people that needed a place to live and my heart, and I said, we need this. And so when we said it, he was like, confirmation, this is it. This is what we need. We, we will. There is a house. There is a house that is to come. And as we share this vision, and as people hear about this Amber Initiative, you, you may know someone, you may be the someone, or you may have some connection that you can sew in and be a part of this. To bringing people to freedom. That's what we're doing here. We're bringing people to freedom. God's allowing us to be a part of that. You guys love like no church I have ever seen. I have never ex experienced the kind of love that you all show one to another. It's a beautiful thing in community, in church community. But as you share this with people, that's we're going to need funds. I know we've got the bodies. I know, already know that you guys are saying yes. That whatever you can do, you'll be a part of that. And we'll need the bodies. But it will take funds and it will take resources. And it's not just for us. We have been able to share this with a number of other churches. And honestly, they were like, let's just roll this all out together. We'll announce it at our church the same time you're announced. We didn't even get a chance to organize that. Because God started dropping funds into our hands. He started opening doors for us, to, for Brittany to share the vision. And people began to sow financial seed into it. It was a beautiful thing, right, Wade? And so we're like, well, you got to either decide to get in the flow of what Jesus is doing or not. And we don't want to dam up the flow. We want to release the flow. Wade saw it in a vision last Sunday. Do you want to say something about that? Well, in short, he said he saw this stream, and I, I have a feeling he's going to unveil that even greater in time. But he saw this stream, and it was so timely. This year is the year to expand. We feel a swelling in the spirit, and he is expanding. He is expanding all of us, but he is also expanding us corporately. And this is a direction that he wants to lead, and we're going to go. We're going to go. We're going to follow. And this stream was there. And he saw this river. And on this river, there were offshoots. But there was digging that had to take place in, in order to allow that water to flow into those offshoots, those small brooks. And as that happened, he said the banks would be eroded. And it would become bigger and bigger. 
the water would erode the banks. And so we're a part of that. And this is a part of that. This is a stream that God is creating. A place in the wilderness, a stream in the dry place. He is so good. It is about, it is linked to identity for these women and these men who are terribly broken to know who they are. And even as these women may be rescued out of those situations, we need to continue to pray for the men because they're broken. They're broken. Terribly, terribly broken. And we have to cover these families, the children, and to let them know who they are, who they are in Christ. And this is our opportunity to do that. So today, we're not necessarily, if you feel so right in this moment in obedience to do something, do it. But we're not necessarily asking for you to do something today except to pray. It's to begin to pray. Cover this in prayer. Cover Brittany in prayer as she walks through this season and her family. And let's protect and support that. Continue to pray for Misty as her and her girls step into a new life. Emily, who comes with little Naya, pray for her. She is stepping out of that situation as well. We don't always ask for God to bring to us what he brings to us, but he does ask us to be a good steward with what he places in our hand. And just as I said, Wade and I were in the car the other day on the way here, and we were walking through a really hot situation. And I looked at Wade and I said, Wade, what would a shepherd do for his sheep? Because everybody's got an opinion about a shepherd of a house. And he said, well, they'd lay down their life. And I was like, okay. Then that's what we'll do. We'll lay down our life. We'll lay down our life. He said he'd leave the 99 for the one. And we're going to go after those. Those sheep. So, in an act of unity, maybe we could just all gather together. Do you, are you feeling anything particular? So, and Becky touched on it, but I just want, want to share my heart a little bit. Um, You know, the women that are in this situation come to realize that it is abusive, it is difficult, and they want to get out of it. It's almost easier to help them in these situations because they're, they're wanting, there's a desire to make a change. Um, oftentimes, the men in these situations don't see the harm they're doing. And even when you expose it, they reject it. But they, too, are made in the image of God. So we have an obligation to still pursue those hearts. 
shine light into those dark places. Speak truth into the lie and expose it for what it is. And that is a very, very challenging thing to do. Because in a lot of those cases, the men are not interested in change. And their pride and ego creates a hindrance to them moving forward. And so while this is to help the women, I want you to know at the same time that we, we have an obligation to help the men as well. And that is a much, much bigger challenge. I mean, let's be honest, getting to men in church, getting a hold of the stony hearts that men tend to develop in a hard world where we're told we got to be tough, we got to be tougher than the next guy. There, there, there is a mountain to climb to break through to men. But you know what? God will equip us. He'll give us the words and the truth. He will give us the light. And if men will submit even a little and we start to break that stone where that water of life can get in, in a road, there's not a stone that can stand over time when that water flows over it. So I think God has certainly breathed on this. He's certainly opened up. Um, you know, we look at doors of opportunity open before us, and, and we're just in awe sometimes of how God moves, and this is one of those moments. But, you know, if we take a, a stop and we turn around and look and see where we've come, we can see that God has ordered those steps and how he's put people in our lives. That we then get to come along beside and be the strength when they're weak. We get to encourage when they're hurt. We get to hold their hand through those tough periods in their lives. And that's a part of the shepherd that he puts in us. You know, it's easy to imagine a shepherd going into a field and picking up a little lamb, but what does that look like when the shepherds are people and when the lambs are people? And it's just walking them through those hard things in life. And that's not just church leadership. That's not just being pastors. That's every one of us. He calls us all. We all have little flocks. If we'll just look around and pay attention, we all have little flocks. So it, it, it's an honor and a privilege to be a part of this. It's an honor and privilege to see God's hands moving over this. Do we have all the answers and all the plans figured out? Absolutely not. But we know who does. So we're going to lean into that pray into that, and we're going to look for kingdom connections. There's already been several established just in this week that I believe are going to be pivotal in making this come together. I believe it's going to come together very quickly. And we look for you today just to partner with us in prayer. The time will come when we need someone to make a meal, when we need someone to cut grass, we need someone to change light bulbs. There's going to be lots of things that you can get involved in and do. I mean, honestly, supporting it with finances is easy. It's easy. But putting your prayer behind it, giving of your heart and your time, that's where it gets challenging. That's, that's where you're laying down your life so that you can come and support someone else. So we look forward to the day when we can work together on this. And 
I'm excited to see what's coming. So let's just come together and pray. Let's just bathe this thing in prayer. Brittany, I'm going to let you thank you, lead you for the listening prayer. in today. At Ms. The Well, we believe in cultivating a culture for more of God. Wherever you are in your relationship and walk with God, we believe that there is always more for those who diligently seek after Him. If you would like to find out more, please check out our website at thewellmichigan.com and connect with us on social media.